Hey, Latinos in Clinical Research. Happy New Year. Uh, we're very happy to have everybody here today. So thank you so much. Uh, it is the first month of the year, a week away from February, which is insane. Um, so yeah, like I said, Happy New Year. Um, for Latinos in Clinical Research, we have so much that we want to share with you guys today. A lot of things in the works. While everybody was on vacation, uh, we were still very crazy, but we still were getting together uh, almost every week for multiple times to plan for what this year is going to be. And we're really excited to share that with you guys. So today's going to be a Q&A with all of us, kind of just getting on some topics like um, interesting things that are happening this year, what's new and big for in research for 2023, and just kind of uh, shooting it out from there. Um, but I don't know if uh, Monica, Judy, Dan, you wanted to add anything before we kind of kick it off? No, welcome to the new year. Welcome to Latinos in Clinical Research first webinar. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, just I hope you're all having a great start to your 2023. And hopefully um, I wish all of you a lot of success and a busy year because I know it's busy for us. <laughs> Definitely. So I think one of the things that um, just to bring it up onto research, like what's what is new and, and big in 2023. I think um, a lot of people saw, I think in December, and Dan like uh, uh, kind of chime in because I'm pretty sure we, we spoke, we texted about this, but there was a lot of AI um, stuff coming out in December. It's kind of like it was all pushing out all at the same time to kind of bring in this new era, um, era of like focusing on AI um, where it came into, you know, doing the whole thing of, um, face recognition and changing. And later it came out that that information now is data complicated, right? Because of the fact that uh, you can actually save somebody's face or whatever and into the data and you no longer have um, yeah. hold that of that. Won't last, that won't last in research. But what I'm excited about is the, at the you know drug discovery level where there's like something like 10 to the power of 80, which is like a huge number. We can't even comprehend this number. Small molecules that they know exist, but they don't know what they are. And this is one of the things you're starting to see all these AI companies. Um, there's probably 20 or so that are partnered or like um, the one uh, biotech, uh, the one that partnered with Pfizer they they purchased one of these ai companies so what they're using it for they're using it to scan like their existing um small molecules that they already have in their own database so their own ip and they're using it to compare like other small molecules that are out there that they can see okay this one matches with this receptor because at the end of the day it's just proteins and receptors and whether it's an enzyme or a signaling molecule or actual receptor like at the end of the day, this is what drugs are. This is what medicine is. I mean, you can talk about monoclonal antibodies, I guess, but just the fact that they can discover using AI uh, things that might work and really quickly, and then they can fail a whole bunch of stuff before they even get to animal studies. Mm -hmm. So they may not need to do as many animal, animal studies anymore. well they they still will but they they won't waste their time on drugs that are not going to bind for example like to receptors because the computer models they're already using the computer models but the ai is going to show them okay this is based on on all the repository of like known science 
this compound is most likely to connect and bind with this receptor so you should look into it more right now they don't have that so a lot of these a lot of these biotech companies are acquiring or working with uh and that that's actually another topic of like how these companies work together is it a royalty model there's a company called royalty pharma i don't know if you guys heard of them but um they're actually ceo is a latino dude from um mexico city oh and really yeah they're publicly Ooh, traded um, getting contact with them yes yeah they're publicly traded and what they do it's not ai but they develop tools for pharma to use and their whole model is based on sharing royalties so rather than charging them for a seat like most vendors do like metadata you know they'll charge for a seat they say hey you can use whatever however many seats you want here's the tools for free but we want a contract where if your drug is commercially viable, we get a percentage, whether it's 2%, 3%, 7%. And he's built a really big business, like Royalty Pharma. Anybody wants to look at it, check it out. Huge market cap based on this royalty system. That's so I amazing. think with this that's, AI... That's a very smart business. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's risky too, but I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see because as technology gets better... The cost of technology is supposed to get cheaper. So rather than racing to the bottom, I think some of these companies are going to start doing royalty uh, rev sharing or royalty. So that's something I'm paying attention to. But yeah, it's going to be an exciting decade. Yeah, I seeing all of that and hearing about these news, I'm just like, okay, great. I think there's going to be a lot of revealing this year, I think, especially with um, on other ends of the economy uh, and where those sectors are growing as well. I feel like, you know, uh, pharma and research right, is kind of going right along with it. So I'm really excited to see what and data too. Out. big yeah. data. Judy and I, we can't talk about it too much, if at all, but there's a, <laughs> there's a study we have that they're using brainwaves um, to screen fail patients before they even take the drug. So wow. like we do our own inclusion exclusion criteria, just like any other study. Then we give them this assessment. This is where I can't say too much about it, but they look at their, they look at some of the biometric data from the patients and they say, okay, based on our, on our AI algorithm, this patient will screen fail. He's unlikely to be a responder to the drug. So please screen fail him. So this is the first time we're doing something That's like that. That's yeah, I, I have that study too. Oh, yeah, go, yeah. But it's actually my <laughs> second study. I have another study for another condition similar that where there's some kind of AI involved and they'll screen fill the patient, but then we don't know why and they don't know why. Um, and then the other thing I've seen a lot of is like biomarkers in clinical research and psych CNS studies, which I didn't used to see. Um, we actually have some studies, so that's pretty cool. Which that's, that's think... going to open up like new conversations with your patients, like you know, my patients, some of them ask me a lot of questions, like when they screen feel like, well, what's wrong with my ECG? And we tell them that, well, it's nothing clinically wrong, but they don't like the QR, QT interval. So I can't imagine the kind of questions this is going to raise. And we don't know the answers. I mean, what are we supposed to tell them? That yeah, AI said you're a non-responder, maybe. And I think right <laughs> now you, Monica and Judy are perfect examples as to also uh, I mean, I don't know if this is the most that you've guys gotten in one month as far as like studies, but you all, all are in rural areas, uh, heavily Latino based. And so the fact that you guys got so many studies makes me really happy because 
it showcases that there's a lot more push now, right? Y'all are getting attention. Um, I would obviously love to know, um, especially, I, I don't know how many other site owners are here, but site owners that are Chris. members, yeah, later that if they come on, you know, let us know if if um, you guys actually, you know, got a, a, a bigger amount this year, because that's, that's really, really great to hear. Let us know um, if you actually randomize someone. That's uh, something <laughs> yeah. to write home about. Yeah, I th I think uh, because of the AI, there are going to be a lot more studies too, because it's going to mm -hmm. make the processes easier. They are going to discover more more molecules or more mm -hmm. uh, things out there that and, 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 and it's going to be more efficient. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. what I think. And also, uh, besides the test, besides the medication or the treatments or the molecules and all of that, also the testings are going to be improved because of this mm -hmm. and uh, it's going to it's going to show even results more more accurate without having the fact to do a lot a lot of different tests but just one test that is extremely accurate mm -hmm. so i think I, I i mean i'm very excited just like like christine christine come out from wherever you are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know she's excited about this too yeah. And uh, and uh, and uh, what the AE is bringing to the table to the industry, and I mean this is only going to make things more exciting. Hundred percent. And um, for me, definitely, it's it's very heavily on. Um, I mean, because over the past three years, I've been wanting to kind of go more the biotech AI region. I, I've been growing on my career path, but I really want to kind of move that way. And so, definitely, something I need to research, and so we can bring to our Latinos and clinical research members, uh, for those of you guys that are interested in that. Naturally, data and anything data-related is, is I think, you'd be solid on, right, naturally. Um, Anyone played with chat GPT? No. I started I, after... I, I, I watched a few videos. <laughs> I, I'm obsessed. I'm actually obsessed with that uh, platform. I mean, I mean, it's just like... Uh, using it, it just even for the regular things that you do on daily basis, it saves so much time. Like for example, uh, if I you can actually add it to your to your uh, Gmail or your uh, email and really? ask the, ask it to uh, write the email for you, giving them the prompts. Like for example, I would like this email to be uh, write uh, uh, saying yes rewrite it or write it or answer it and it does it like in one minute and then you're ready to send so i'm being oh, more productive that's amazing and, uh, and also is that the free also, version or are you paying for it no the free version oh okay that's free. i asked i asked the a um the i ate everything like i mean google for me now is second option <laughs> now wow. so, Yes, that and it's so nice because if you are if you ask for steps like, for example, um, I want to do, I mean whatever thing that you want to do, give me the step by step, uh, uh, instructions and it will give you a step by step instructions. Wow. So I actually even hear that uh the the AI was uh they put the test for doctors. For to the, for the board, and it actually passed. Wow, so. that's insane! Yeah. Wow. Well, for you guys that don't know, what we're talking about it's uh, Chat 
GPT right there. Chat GPT, hmm? yeah. Yeah, you guys need to see it. It's it's pretty big. It's a kind of like a an AI Google, way better obviously, mm -hmm. but um, it's pretty amazing. Definitely something that is helpful if you're wanting to learn more, do more. Again, I've been playing with it too. Be yeah. more productive. Um, definitely interesting. So uh, clearly, there's a good theme to this, and hopefully, you know, it continues to grow like in the best way. Obviously. Um, don't want AI to be used in the wrong ways. <laughs> Raul, um, how's it going? Beard game strong. You're on mute. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know you can connect it to your email and all that. That's great. Um, yeah, yeah, I was listening to a podcast and it's like a new position is being created right before our eyes. Like people who know, it's kind of like being a chef, you know, information now is like the ingredients. So like you can, I don't know how to cook. I can go to a grocery store and buy the same ingredients as a good chef and we'll make two totally different dishes because I don't know what I'm doing. But the people who know how to use, like ask the right questions Rumps. and then yeah. orchestrate it into something productive, like a positive output are going to be the ones that, that win. And I didn't realize you can integrate it into email and all that Which, stuff. So I mean, I thanks for I saying that, Monica, because that's going to take I me to the next level. I sent you guys the video. Uh, the, I sent you guys the video about it. So yes. no more out I of mean, office emails. Yeah, then. Your chat GPT can. <laughs> so your chat GPT yeah. can reply for you. You don't need those automated out of office. I'm out of office. Don't email me till next month. <laughs> so I think I think this would be actually very great, useful in some way to. You know, creating resources, right? Um, learning yeah. more on re mm -hmm. uh, research. Um, also doing something in where, you know, if uh, say your uncle, your tia, your grandma, whoever has questions and you're not there, I don't even know how technical it is. I haven't fully <laughs> used it yet, but yeah. I mean, for them to ask questions and stuff, I, th I just think it's, there's so yeah. many ways around it, especially for the Latino community where the resources are very few. Chris, okay. Chris and I play yeah. with Chris and no, I played with it for opening a site. So we we asked it. Chris and I were doing this together a few weeks ago. We asked ChatGPT, hey, I want to start a new site. What do I do? And it, it said, hey, first of all, congratulations on starting a new research site. And then it gave a list. <laughs> and the list was like 75% yeah. advice we would give to. But there was 25 where it's like, yeah, you don't need that. You need this instead. Um, but it yeah. was it's getting yeah, close. It there's other problems too it seems to already be been infected with wokeness this is my uh finding so yeah it it has things to overcome yet definitely yeah i'm biased when it comes yeah it's uh, i i was i did the same i asked for a specific process it gave me just the surface, right? So it's not like it's it's not like a like a all detail, but it's still it's still good uh, material, right? Like for example, for the websites, we can add that uh, the the AI to the websites to answer basic questions, like the more the the FQ, uh, FQAs, and and it can answer it in any language. That's amazing. So, this is so perfect that's, that's for people that want to do it. I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I, I, we definitely need to add this to our website because it's, it's great. It answers 
in different, it's actually even helpful to learn another language because it can practice with you. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, the, the, the video that I watched, I think it was over the weekend. Um, I'll send it to you, to all of you already. So check it out. It has many different things that you can, that you can um, do to use this um this new tool but it's i think it's exciting obviously it's gonna change everything <laughs> yeah uh but it's gonna make us also uh it's gonna push us to be better too you know so 100%. i think it's 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 a, it's a great tool 100 and the way i think some people can use it like members that are either already in the industry or that are trying to come into the industry or just learn more about what's out there um, what we do know is that the AI, AI continues to build on its knowledge. So it's going to, whatever you question one week, the, the next week, you'll probably have better answers or better, better formulated answers. So if you were to use this as some sort of um, a reference or a source for assistance, you know, um, definitely asking on therapeutic areas to learn a little bit more. If you're interested on getting a little focus on, you know, how to maneuver your career into research through AI or through this, that. I mean, I'm sure all these things would be extremely helpful for you to utilize. So just something to keep in your toolbox that's obviously up and coming. Well, not up and coming, but it's already here. I just, I'm sure it's going to get way, 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 way better. Um, so just to keep that. And, I, and I'm sure and I'm sure it's going to get way better in no time because it's getting information every day, every day, every day. So I think within 10 years, it's gonna be just. Oof! I think amazing. I think I think in like two or three, it's gonna be, it's gonna surpass Google. I, I really honestly think so. I mean, who knows? It's probably even better at this point. Who knows? <laughs> it already has a market cap like forty mil, forty billion dollar. Um, they recently were thinking about getting acquired, or maybe they did get acquired. But yeah, I think the verticals is what's interesting because. I think you can focus your AI on like drug development, for example, like drug discovery. I think where it's lacking is where humans communicate regularly to get things done, like CRAs and CRCs with patients. Like I don't see ChatGPT replacing a coordinator anytime soon, but I do see it replacing potentially the scientist in the lab that's discovering the next molecule. Because that guy is just dealing with information. He's not really dealing with people. He's in a silo. And the CRC, you know, is dealing with the patient, with the family, with the monitor, PI, trying to get all these things done. So I actually think the more, I think this changes like who, it might be like the higher paying jobs that are actually in more danger than some of the lower paying jobs, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. I, I think that it, when it comes to, you know, like the, like I say, sponsor and maybe even CRO level, I think because they're so huge, even if that were to be the case, because their processes take so long to go down the, the command of chain, you know, you have three or five years before they execute implementation decently, right? Um, so, yeah, I just, I do think it'll... It, it'll take it'll take a while. So those of you that are already in, <laughs> start start looking at how you want to uh, be maneuvering your skill set, right? And for those of start you that are coming in, yeah, hundred percent. Well, since we are halfway through, uh, that was actually pretty quick. I did want to you know make a few things, a few mentions of things that are happening. Um, so things that are coming down the pipeline with LICR. Um, so we have. Um, 
But yes, Christine, she's data uh, data driven jobs as well for sure, definitely. Um, so uh, first off, um, we will be presenting virtually at the Latam conference. Uh, Monica, I don't know if you wanted to present, uh, mention a little bit more on that conference, just so uh, if anybody hasn't heard of it yet, they can look it up. Judy, Judy knows more about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I actually just got an email for it today. Um, let me see. So it's a clinical research in Latin America summit on February 9th and 10th. It's a virtual um, conference, um, different panel of experts um, that they're going to share, I guess, their cutting edge strategies for community-based research. Um, so there's going to be speaker presentations or panel discussions, um, various time frames throughout the day. Um, and then, um, yeah, I think that's it. We're going to be on a panel discussion um, on February 9th. Nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it is in English, you guys. So yes. um, just so you're aware, um, I do believe, I think they said something about translating, but don't hold me to that. Um, I just know that it is going to be in English. So um, if that is something yeah, you are interested in, definitely look it up. Uh, L-A-T-A-M um, conference, uh, again, virtual in February. And so even if you just want to go uh, show, show some support, uh, we'd be happy to see familiar faces and or familiar names. That'd be nice. Are you going to post it? Okay, yeah, Judy just posted it. <laughs> yeah, I just posted awesome. the link to it. <laughs> awesome. Another thing to mention is if you guys are not already aware, uh, the, the SCRS Diversity Conference will be in Austin, Texas, uh, March 27th. Monica, Judy? Oh, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. Missy, it's a Thursday, Friday. So Thursday, yes, Friday. let me double check on the dates. Um, yes, March, oh no, sorry, March 30th and Friday, March 31st. Okay, so yeah, so those are the days for the Diversity Conference. Uh, we will be present there. So if you so happen to be in Texas or will be actually be going to that conference, um, please stop by and say hi. We'll be obviously in the exhibit room. We will be announcing the booth once we have, uh, have finalized all that information. Um, I will be there and two other individuals uh, from LSR will be there, maybe even a few more. That's still kind of pending at the moment, but uh, please stop by. We have like, you know, goodies and goodie bags and we wanna definitely make sure that we get to meet you guys. Um, it would be really, really, really nice to, uh, to do so. And I believe even Christine, you may actually be present. Uh, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I think you were mm -hmm. gonna, since you're in San Antonio, uh, finally get to meet you in person. That'd be nice. <laughs> um, so there's gonna be that, you guys. So definitely keep uh, keep that in mind. We will be posting and giving updates on everything that's going on. So please, you know, like and share so that we can get some traction on our social medias, even on the LinkedIn page. We want to make sure that everybody's seeing everything that's going on and how we're involved and all of that. Um, and then also, um, we will be doing an announcement. Uh, we will be having a video posting uh, sometime very soon about um, the uh, ambassadorship with LICR. It's been over a year. Um, we've been on a hold with that just because of growth and all of those kinds of things. Uh, so far, we've only had Christine, who is our uh, chief and networking officer, and Cassandra, um, who was our kind of public relations ambassador. So we are definitely going to be opening that up. Um, uh, processes and how that's going to be moved forward, we will let you know. So just kind of keep in mind, have a 
be checking your emails, keeping up with LinkedIn and our posts and all those things. If you aren't already subscribed to us, please go to the website, go to subscribe so you can get those emails. Um, they're not often, so we're not spamming you or anything. Um, but just so that you know how you can be involved, there's going to be different things that we are looking for individuals to help um, you know, uh, speak with recruiters so that we can collaborate with these companies to kind of help uh, get our members uh, access to opening positions and things like that. Other aspects would be attending conferences, um, being present, being a representative. There's, there's so many things, right? So naturally, we're going to have a process for you to apply to that because we want to make sure that whoever we bring on, it's, it is a diverse group, diverse in age, um, gender, background, you know, all those kinds of things, different levels. You do not have to be officially in a research job. You can be looking for a research job and still be a part of us where we're not you know, discriminatory of any of that. We want to make sure that we have a full diverse background and um, input, right, from uh, our ambassadors. So just that is something you've been interested in, whether you're here today or you'll be listening later, because I know that um, we've had a lot of requests lately. Um, please be on the lookout for that. We will be announcing that shortly. I'll be doing a short video on uh, on LinkedIn about uh, what we look for with ambassadors and stuff like that. Um, just in case if you did have any questions, just pop them in the chat and we'll be happy to cover that. Um, yeah. Sorry, Moni, did you want to uh, mention anything else? No, 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 for the questions. Any questions okay. that uh, people have about any topic in particular, it doesn't have to be anything that we already discussed. For sure. Thanks, Moni. Uh, so we also have uh, next year, uh, next year's, next month's webinar in February. Uh, we will be announcing the guest speakers very shortly. Um, so just be on the lookout for that. Um, the dates that we have uh, in attentive right now, one moment, let me pull that up so we can just let you guys know in advance. Oops, calendar is acting up a little bit. Let me just pull it up on my phone because, all right, so it will be the 21st of February. Um, if that does change, we'll let you know. But for the most part, we will be announcing probably in the next week who the guest speakers will be and obviously the same time, just so you guys don't miss out on that. We definitely want to continue to see you guys here and uh, be involved with us. And lastly, in March, we will be doing a very big reveal. We did decide um, the requests that we've been seeing um, come through that Q&As are something that um, are being uh, wanted more often. So uh, we will be making more frequencies of this as well, just to kind of give people the opportunity to ask questions, uh, whether it's through email or in person. Um, but in March, we will be having a big reveal, uh, something very, very huge that uh, benefits pretty much everybody. And so we're we're really excited about it. And um, we hope you will be too when you, when you hear it. So just keep uh, a lookout for that announcement. Um, well, that that uh, meeting invites so that you can be present for that and ask any questions that you might have. Um, uh, there's just so much down the pipeline, you guys. We're really, really excited. Something that we're also working on is uh, collaboration, um, uh, cooperation, collaboration versus competition. We're going to be highlighting a lot of other Latino organizations throughout the year. Um, something that we're excited to kind of share with you guys um, because we did notice last year um, we didn't realize how many Latino organizations were out there until Hispanic Heritage Month. And so um, 
something we want to do is really kind of bring that to the forefront and get everybody give everybody the opportunity to also learn more about those organizations and uh, get involved if they want to get involved. And sorry, lastly is the ERGs or BRGs, um, short for known for like business resource groups in big CROs. There's a lot of Latino uh, BRGs and CRGs in these companies uh, in research. And for those of you that are, you know, because we do talk a lot about site and site ownership, but this is uh, on a full end spectrum for individuals coming into the industry that are also in the industry as well that are just trying to move up in the career. So learning more about these organizations that are out there and how they're beneficial and useful to you so that if you are coming from a site level and you're wanting to level up in your career, um, you're able to do so and do so in a, in a company that has a space and environment for you that makes you feel welcome and, and you just open space, right? So uh, we wanna get you guys, um, let you guys have an opportunity to speak with them uh, via live webinars and also just have uh, some events here and there where you can um, get to know them a little bit uh, more in depth and obviously connect with them if you have any questions. Uh, but that's pretty much everything so far. I'm sure there's gonna be more down the, down the line, but just to kind of give you a sneak peek and so please uh, make sure that you are um, keeping up with these emails. And if you know anybody that this would benefit, please have them subscribe to our email list on the website. Uh, we definitely wanna make sure that we um, can get to as many people as we possibly can, because all this stuff is very helpful for individuals that are trying to maneuver the industry and we're here to support that. Thank you so much. Uh, Moni, I don't know if you wanted to announce uh, anything on the university. Yeah, well, uh, many of the classes are opening to getting um, started. So we have the CRA and the CRC academies starting on February. We have the CTA and the data management starting in March and also the clinicians um, academies uh, classes starting in March. And um, the medical writing will be announced because that's still under construction. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the, the, the classes is starting. So it's February and March is the, the, the time where the registrations are open. Um, if, you if you feel or, or if you need more information about it, please feel free to reach out to us. Definitely, thank you guys so much. We're super excited for this year, you guys. There's so much happening. Um, and we would love to hear from you. If there's anything, you know, whether you want to put it here in the chat today, if you want to come off the mic, or if you just want to email us and ask any questions, like about anything that we're doing or any recommendations that you have that you would like to see more of, just let us know. We want to make sure that we're providing not just great content, but we're also guiding it in the direction that is more useful for you um, because we're here to create a space that gives you as much resources as you possibly need to be successful in this industry. So anything we can do to make that a great experience for you would be amazing. Thank you so much. Exactly. <laughs> so any questions, any questions out there or should we pick just a topic? Dan, Julie, Christine, Ashley, anybody suggest well, any topic? Well, I think, we I think since um, not many people are talking right now, I think a good thing to talk about right now is um, 
the opportunities that are here for the beginning of the year for everybody when it comes to um, the industry, right? So it's Q1 and we all know the big push on diversity has been out there and it's really moving very strong. Oh, um, we have somebody raising their hand. Yeah. Okay. Dr. Yes, hello everyone. Hello. Hi. Yeah, good afternoon from California. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me let me lower my hands first. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Yes, um my question is about the I, I think I overheard something like a data management program coming in March. Yes. Um okay, that's interesting. Um because I don't know if you guys are aware, there's been kind of a trend from late last year up to this moment. It's kind of been very difficult to get clinical research jobs. I don't know if I'm wrong, but I have a couple of colleagues and friends that have tried and do so well in interviews and they say, oh, no, everybody keeps coming back. No, 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 no. If, is this a normal occurrence or there's something about the recession or something because I'm getting bothered. They're not hiring like that, like they used to in the past. So I think um, I think it depends on multiple things. One is your region, right? If you're looking for something that is in-house um, and, and your region is not, you know, very heavy on so many sites and things like that. Now, if you're doing CRO, uh, CRO and sponsor level, and sometimes that comes down more to not that you're not a, a you or whoever it is is not a competitive candidate. It just means that sometimes that the that position has a bottleneck effect, and there's just a lot of very high qualifying candidates, right? And so it's not necessarily so much that you know they're not hiring. It's just more of the fact that you know depending on where it is, uh, what job, and what level. Uh, you're applying to um, and how many of those positions are actually open is really going to determine a lot of those factors. So, um, but if you're wanting to do something at site level, it definitely comes down to region. If they give you an opportunity to showcase what pay you're looking for, which I've noticed a lot of jobs are asking for that now, can you please give us your salary range that you're looking for? Sometimes that immediately will knock somebody off because they get to, somebody's willing to get paid less than somebody else. And it's more about budget for them rather than, you know, just the qualifications, right? So there's so many things to it. Unfortunately, that's the only thing about research where it's, Dan says it all the time, you know, you have to be extremely persistent and just um, almost, you know, um, rock solid in emotion because it's not, again, not about you and your qualifications. It's just about the scenario and situation and who else you're going up against, right? So I, I think the other factor is that um, COVID draw a lot of attention about research and many people are also applying but also many of these people don't have no knowledge or no experience whatsoever right so that put them in a in a in a different part of the situation the balance is a little bit more on the negative when you have no knowledge or no experience well if you have more knowledge you have um uh, yeah, knowledge about whatever top, whatever part of research that you're applying to, that that also put you in a in the in the positive in your balance because now you have that information and when you go to the interview, 
you're gonna know what you're talking about rather than somebody that has no experience and wants to transfer the skills to research, which it could happen in the future, but it will take you more time rather than somebody that already have knowledge and at least a little bit of experience on that specific uh, area. So let's say in data management, um, if you have research background or if you have experience, it's gonna be much easier than somebody that come from, let's say from Google <laughs> that have no experience uh, whatsoever in research, or let's say somebody that took a class that now have a certification and now have a proof uh, of information that they already know. Um, that also is important because now the companies are gonna know that you have interest and you know exactly what you're getting into and know somebody that has no idea and they may be uh, hired and they start training and then halfway of the training, they say, you know what, thank you very much, but I think this is not for me. Now that company is gonna waste money right on the training. So that's why they also prefer somebody that has that knowledge because they now know that they know exactly what they are getting into or at least have some sort of knowledge. Yeah, I think that oh. if you look at the layoffs that have been happening, so first you look at outside of our industry, you look at Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Apple. Twitter, Apple. I mean, all of them laid off tens of thousands right, each so you've got those people, a fraction of them are going to look at research. I mean, maybe even more than a small fraction because biotech is kind of interrelated to tech. It is tech. It's even in the name. Um, the issue with data management, it's a niche within research. So within research, we're not seeing layoffs at CROs, sponsors, or sites. We're seeing layoffs at the tech vendors. So, but not the big ones. Like we're actually not seeing layoffs at Metadata, Viva, but we are seeing layoffs at tech companies that were interesting uh, concepts maybe two years ago that investors decided, hey, you know what? Uh, this is not making money. I'm no longer gonna invest in this. And those companies ran out of money. So they had to lay people off. So these are the decentralized clinical trial companies basically. So Life Science 37. Um, there was another one I saw on LinkedIn yesterday. Care Access, I think, was one where it was like the entire model was DCT. And that stuff doesn't work. It's still proof of concept. Like it's not actually proven. So all these people, the point is all these people who you used to not have to compete with to get a data management job, you're now competing against them unless they're going to want to go be a coordinator, but I think a more natural transferable skill for them is something like data management. So that's going to be a crowded vertical. And by the way, it's always been tough to, to interview and, and do well when you're research naive. That's why we have the academies in the first place. So yeah, it'll just be more so now for things like data manager. For things like CRC, CRA, it's going to be the same because there's still a huge shortage but for things like data management you're going to have a much a lot more competition now from other sectors coming in and competing for your job 
So you, you need to prepare, you need to be more ready to go, like uh, uh, put more on the balance, on the positive balance of your education and, and training yeah. and, and experience and all of that to put you ahead. Or consider, you know, why do I keep applying for data manager when it's an uphill battle when I could apply to be a CRC and work my way into data management within a year? So, you know, there's alternative pathways that we're not considering. Yeah, no, you're, exactly. you're, you're correct. I agree, I agree with you, Dan. Um, but apparently, um, if this is not for me. Um, it's actually for someone else who, you know, like kind of I mentor. And um, she is um, has some experience, you know, just um, stopped for a while and didn't work anymore. But apparently, I, I think maybe the competition, I don't know, she keeps having interviews, speaks and talks and talks and maybe two times, three times, and the next thing, oh, like, we like you so much, but at this time, I'm sorry. This dance, it's like, it's like a continue, like, it's like continues like that. This person is losing hope. So yeah. I just wanted to know if it's that the normal thing or if there was something going on now. It's both, has, probably know? both. It's yeah. probably both. So it's normal and there's probably something going on as well. Like she might want to try like a, a one ladder, one rung yeah. on the ladder lower. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I think, I think it's also um, something that like with my clients that I like to mention is just that if you're getting to the interviews and you're constantly ending at the second interview marker it's at that point it's not that you're not a good candidate you're clearly a great candidate and they they're they're already considering you at the top at that point it comes down to the hiring manager what the hiring manager is specifically looking for is he or she accurately just um vocalizing the types of of things that they're wanting to hear. I think one of the biggest mistakes that people do make when it comes to interviewing is that, especially when you have that two or three prong interview, is that usually what they tend to do is ask the same questions and maybe mix up one or two, but always giving the same responses and not considering who is interviewing them and their role and what they're, what they're actively trying to look for as opposed to just answering the question and giving the same kind of response and the same viewpoint. Um, that's where I think getting an um, let me ask you guys a tough question. Okay, hypothetical. What does AI replace first, a data manager job or a CRC? Data, data manager. Data manager, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's also something we need. But to no, keep in where mind it too. is data coordinator is where it's at. Data coordinator. Data coordinator. There you go. Yeah. I don't and even you know just, what that is, but it sounds like something you should you, apply you, for. You, you do data management, but you coordinate people who are handling that. Ah, so you, like you oversee the AI. Yeah, pretty ah. much. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, let me add to this. So there's also a change in less remote vir virtual jobs and more in-person jobs that are available, correct? Like I would say at the site level that I've seen more people that are hiring, but they want you to work in the office, not yeah. work at home. Why so is that's that? A Why is changing? like judy for you you're a site owner i am too like i do prefer people in the office also because there's a lot of things you can't do remotely um it's not efficient like you can't see patients remotely you can do you can talk to them you can confirm you know their appointment but there's so many things you can't do remotely you have to see them in person that dialogue that conversation um you know you find out you know was there an ae their study or compliance diary whatever you know all of that 
Um, and, you know, depending what therapeutic area you're working on too, right? Psych CNS, it's completely different than a lot of other therapeutic areas. But um, when it comes to maybe a pre-screener recruiter, maybe that could be remote, right? Um, you're just calling people, you're entering stuff online, updating the site. So it just varies on the role. But I have seen a lot of postings um, just all over the place for research sites, small, medium, large, and they just want more in-person than remote. That's so funny that you say that because I've had like a I would say the past three months, a huge swarm of new individuals that are coming outside from the industry that are wanting to come into the industry because of the flexibility of the remote mm-hmm. jobs. And I'm just kind of like, well, they're out there, but now they're, they've Not adjusted. Now they're giving that to senior. <laughs> now they're giving that more to senior level as opposed to newer incoming individuals, right? Because they want more oversight on those mm-hmm. that have no experience. So yeah, yeah I think the, it, the industry is shifting a little bit on that end and for good reason too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, um, I think everybody in all industries adapted during COVID. Um, we'll see, but I, it could also be, um, also have your friend keep in mind that if she was a here, she was applying during uh, October through December, a lot of companies have a halting period mm-hmm. in their HR when they're starting and or stopping certain. I know that the senior levels, they were continuing, but for like more entry stuff, I mean, they kind of tend to put a halt on that in preparation yeah. for the holiday season. So uh, um, another another suggestion for her is to apply to lower levels so she can build her CV uh, stronger uh, before she actually goes to those other positions. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, not- many ways. Another thing I noticed that she told me was um, the, I think the companies are, I mean, according to her, are beginning to make, um, during these interviews, you know, begin to ask her to provide um, certain, you know, information that I would say I consider when she told me, I consider not so right. Um, For example, asking her to get documentation from, HR, you know, wherever she worked for or to to show them and stuff like that. So I, I mean, I have never heard of a thing like that. <laughs> it depends what you state know. you're in. In Texas, yeah. they Texas they can ask you for your past two paycheck stubs. I have I've been asked that before in the past. It's it depending yeah, on what so, state they have some laws that they that they can. Oh, okay, I see, I see. Yeah. Because you I think that's in them. California where the businesses have no rights. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think I think that's also because a lot of people was trying to get into the industry mm-hmm. with no experience, but they right. were lying in their. I think so too. I think so too. Yes, I think so too. Right. So that's why that's why I suggest you to tell her to go on a on a, on different other position to build her CV. Otherwise, it's gonna be more difficult because. Um, like I was saying before, if you have no knowledge, uh, you must have experience. Uh, but if you have both the knowledge and experience, then you're on totally different level. That's why we, yeah. when we started the academies, we were providing the knowledge, but then we quickly noticed that the students needed also internships to to get uh, more prepared and to have a stronger, to become a stronger candidate. Well, there's about a hundred thousand high knowledge workers that have just been laid off from big tech. So some of them are going to be looking data manager because it has the word in it that they like. They don't know what it is, but 
they like it so it makes your job as a candidate even more like what monica is saying even more important of getting that experience to put yourself further ahead than somebody that just got laid off at meta by the way meta was working on clinical research they didn't really say anything about it but they have a clinical research they had a research department um i think those 12 people got laid off as well they're oh, part man. of the 12,000 so guess where they're oh, gonna wow. go guess That's where those terrible. people are going to look for jobs mm-hmm. you know data management doesn't sound too bad yeah. I actually <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because my one of my friends she works for apple and she actually told me that the they're, they're already announcing all the layoffs like as every day is passing and she even asked me she's like hey uh what can I do in research with my background and I was just kind of like okay well let's see you know and so um her and some of her friends are already in like preparation for potential like situations like that, which I'm in my head. I was just like, well, I wonder where that's going to flow to. Right. Um, which should make sense what you're saying, Dan. So a lot of change, a lot of things coming down the pipeline. I still don't think even if we get that huge wind of new individuals coming from a different industry, we're growing so much so fast. I, I don't see that being an issue. I do see maybe the expectations of remote and, um, the expectations of, you know, extremely high offer letters and things like that, maybe not as much compared well, to half of those people. Well, I don't even know what they're getting into. Did you see that, yeah. that tech, uh, that, that one TikTok of that girl that worked at Meta, uh, her work day? I mean, mm-hmm. she's like working maybe two hours out of the day. She's talking about eating lunch on the roof and then drinking the company kombucha. And wow. like, these people are not going to survive in research. Where you have yeah it's there it's so true. they're mm-hmm. they're in for a rude awakening also like you know they may apply but then they may not last so we're still left with the people who are mm-hmm. passionate about this industry life sciences and we're lucky to be in this industry very lucky <laughs> yep. very, very lucky. lucky i mean 100%. i mean things have really changed things have really changed you mean and i'm kind of a little bit excited about it though <laughs> it's, it's it's a very serious business you know right now and people take it more should take it more seriously yeah you know, if yeah. you're in there yes. if you're in there you, you gotta do your best to remain there and just train it out that, to everybody huh? you know exactly mm-hmm. that's that mm-hmm. one of the things that keep you uh there is to keep up to date with all the information, the technology, uh, learning more and more, making yourself more knowledgeable, becoming like Dan always says, generalist, multi-specialist, learn more about other therapeutic areas, learn more about other positions. Uh, I mean, that you're able to cross <laughs> anywhere, oh. everywhere. So that that they, they they ask you and you already know you're ready. Yes, I'm ready for that transition. Be adaptable <laughs> and agile in where you can put your knowledge and foot in. Pretty much, that's that's what it. That's the key. Even if you don't like it, learn it. Um, I always say like learn everything, but if you have a strength, double down on the strength always because you can amplify that times ten times twenty. And that can grow in so many other areas and different uh, ways. So if you're in research and you so happen to like a lot more biotech, then start learning so much information that because even if you don't have that exposure through job, 
when you finally get the opportunity to do that interview, you're going to be spewing out information that the average person that only does it through their job won't know, right? If you're in the news about it, if you're hearing this or you're doing that or you're hearing about the new systems and you're researching that stuff, like that, all that's going to come out in the interview and the other person's going to see it, right? So um, double down on what you know and then every now and then try to really just get out there and learn something different that you're not as good at. Um, yeah. My my I'm next pleasure. question is to is kind of to Dan. Um, I'm just wondering, as good the 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 book has been wonderful to a lot of people. I'm beginning to wonder, and I've always had in my head, is there any plans of a book for people already in the research industry already yeah. to make there them is. do better? Yeah. I'm writing Something it. Like I'm that. writing it with Chat GPT as we speak. <laughs> So great, great, great. Because we need, we need, we need some boost as well. Yeah. <laughs> Not just the beginners. I, yeah. My goal is February of next year to have it ready. Oh, I don't great, have a title great. or anything, but I know, I know what it's about. It's. Um, okay, I'll give you a title when the time comes. All right, let's do it. We'll put you. We'll put you versus Chat GPT. See what's a better title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Guys. And when is this um, match? The thing about match, so I can tell you know tell some one or two friends about the data management um, program. It's going to be starting in March. March. No yes. date yeah. yet. Yes. No, yeah, yes, no it's actually March. Date. March. It will start in March. Let me give you I the. I think it's exact March sixth, twenty. Yeah, it's no. It's actually March. Ah, uh, yeah. Sorry, I was looking February. March fourth, which is a Saturday. That's the first class. Yeah. It's gonna be I on Saturdays. We'll get, okay, I believe we'll get and, notifications before that time, right? Mm -hmm. And on you're gonna and, yeah. and just so you guys are aware. Um, it's not just teaching about data management. You guys are actually getting that exposure with an actual, you know, system and all of those kinds of things. One of, you know, that and you would get data exposure. managers teaching it like they're working right now as data managers for the last seven, eight years. So, yeah, they're the ones. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's very, opportunity very, that should be very yeah. brilliant people, very brilliant people. And so. Um, highly, highly recommend this for anybody that's interested. I mean, I'm excited to 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 learn it because I I think data has to has should be for everybody because that's where we're going, right? That's research, and we can't avoid it. So don't fight the current, flow with it, right? So, <laughs> but yeah, awesome, that's right. That's Knowledge amazing. is power, yeah. and now it's becoming powerful. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> with all this, uh, with all the things that are happening um, around the world. Uh, so, yeah, very important to keep learning and learning and learning. 100%. Well, thank you guys. We're here at the top of the hour. Thank you guys so much for being here again. This was just a Q&A today just to bring in the new year. Uh, we will be announcing for February. Remember, we have all these things coming down the pipeline. So if you do not have uh, your email subscribed, please do so via our website. Thank you so much for being here. And we look forward to speaking with you guys again next month. Thank you Thank so you much, guys. you guys. Y'all have a good night. Eileen, you'll be so helping me with a book. Eileen Schneider, Bye. the writer. You'll be helping me with a book.